Scott Jackson Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. I'm a pleasure right now to get to the Ballyhoo's guest line, talk some NBA with Chris Miles from NBA TV. And uh, it's getting to be interesting, Chris, as we're a little less than a week away from trade deadline. How you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, there's some teams that I was like, oh, they need to make a trade. I'm like, well, they're not going to do anything now. And there are other teams that like I feel like are fool's gold that still need to make moves, you know? So it, it's crazy to be a week away or less than a week away now from the NBA trade deadline. Yeah, it really is. Now, as you look at it, are there are there teams that you look that are in contention or that are close to being in contention that really need to make something happen here uh, before the eighth? That's the Miami Heat. Watching them lose, I think it was like seven in a row, and their offense has tanked, and they went and got Terry Rozier. And I go, um, I think you need to move Tyler Hero. Like, I, I just look at them, and then I look at the Philadelphia 76ers, knowing that, you know, this report that it beats me is just not going to be okay for the rest of the year. And I'm like, those are two teams that I just don't think, you know, you're just going to look at it like, yeah, you're not you're not advancing in the playoffs the way that you're currently constructed. In terms of player names that are out there, um, likeliness of them, I look at, obviously, Kyle Kuzma with Washington. It always felt like that was kind of a temporary deal, even though they signed him to stay this offseason. Is he somebody you could see moved, or do you think that maybe that's going to have to wait for a while? I really feel like that's one that needs to happen before the trade deadline. If you look at the Wizards and what they're doing as an organization, right, they've embraced you know, going towards the, whether you want to call it a tank or dropping all the way to the bottom to come back up, but they're playing cool about it. Denny Obvious putting up numbers, right? Like, they're not burying their young players anymore, and Kuzma doesn't fit the timeline. So it's like he's just taking playing time from some of those guys, and now Marvin Bagley has come in to give you some front court minutes. Um, man, I think now is the time that, like, you just move Kuzma to try to see whatever draft assets you can get, and that's that. Now, obviously, they can be patient and wait, but I just think the trade deadline for Kuzma is also good. I don't know the right situation for him, though, right? Like, I've seen him linked to the Lakers. I'm like, what is that going to do for anybody? I don't understand how that works. So I just don't know who the suitors would be for Kyle Kuzma, but I do think it's time to part ways. Chris Miles, NBA TV, good enough to join us via the Valley Who's guest line. here. Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio. 94.1, we're brought to you by Larry King Law. As you look now at uh, these first few games with the Bucks and, and Doc Rivers, what, what do you think the biggest challenge is for Doc with, with that squad and will continue to be as they try to you know, get back to uh, where they expected to be when the season started? Defense, defense, defense. I mean, they just lost to the Blazers, right? It's one thing to lose to the Nuggets. Um, but, man, you give up 119 points to the Blazers uh, when Scoot Henderson kind of goes down, like Scoot Henderson had 15 in the first half, and he's this is a kid that's been struggling with his offense, you know, and like he gets right against you, and then he gets hurt, and you still lose the game. I just think for the Milwaukee Bucks, it's time to figure out, like, buckle down on defense. And what we're seeing throughout this league is teams that are winning and teams that are really becoming competitive at the top level, they play defense. And the teams that don't, uh, they're getting bounced early, and they're you know no matter what their regular season record is, get to the postseason they lose, and that's what happened to the Bucks last year, right? Like they got to the playoffs and lost to the Miami Heat in the first round. I just feel like Milwaukee is once again um, treading on being one of those teams that like cruises through the regular season because they have Giannis and have a really good record, and like oh postseason done. 
because they don't have a defensive strategy or a defensive identity. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting team because again, you know, I mean, I've never seen a team revolt as quickly as somebody did on this coach. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as it seemed like it was just a, the bad fit. There were signs early. Uh, even before the season started, that things weren't going to work out there. But a lot of talent. You, I know you're a big Giannis guy, as am I. I mean, you're, 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 as I always said, you're the guy who discovered him uh, for me. So I'm uh, always going to give you credit for that. But it, it just seems like uh, you know the defensive part of it is going to be a challenge for them this year because of uh, obviously the move to get Holiday out of there and you know, upgrading on offense with with the Dame time. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where I don't know how good Malik Beasley is defensively, right? I always thought this. Once they traded away Drew Holiday, which I get he's come up short offensively in the postseason, and I do think Dame is one of those guys where you go like, yeah, that guy's special late in games. He just is. Okay, well then go get Alex Caruso or go get like a Jaden McDaniels type or go get like a Matisse Seibel, like someone who's hard-nosed on defense that you can stick out there that doesn't need to score. And Malik Beasley is obviously shooting the basketball better than he has in years. But defensively, I don't I don't look at him as a lockdown guy. And they need, you know, they need to be lockdown defenders at the two, three, and four, uh, especially when Giannis is off the court, right? Like they just need guys who can really defend at an elite level if you're going to have Damian Lillard out there. At Chris Miles TV with us here, Scott Jackson Show. Uh, he joins us via the Ballyhoo's guest line from NBA TV. Uh, you know, obviously Boston, the Porzingis move has worked out well when he's been on the court. Uh, they've been been real strong. Knicks have been having a real nice season as well. I mean, they've ripped off what eight straight at this point. Cleveland's having another really good regular season. You, you mentioned the Sixers issues. Who? How, how would you pare it down if you were handicapping the East? You know, uh, going into this uh, second half post All Star schedule, in terms of the teams that we should really be buying into and paying attention to as contenders. Man. Um... That's a tough question because every team I have a question about. <laughs> right. Like, would you just get them like, you know, the Celtics have been rolling. Um, I believe in these teams. I'll start that way. Okay. I believe in the Minnesota Timberwolves because everything screams upside with them. I believe in Oklahoma City Thunder. Everything screams upside with them as far as, like, the next three to five years. Okay. I think they've essentially replaced the Memphis Grizzlies from what they were last year in the last couple of years. Now. For this season, I still like the Denver Nuggets. I still think that they are the defending champions and have shown us that they have enough to win it again. Um, and as far as like the Knicks and the Cavs, I think the pedigree of the Knicks is going to be about it's going to be about health with them. You know, Mitchell Robinson's out, Julius Randle's out. Um, you're thinking like this group has to stay healthy and stay on the floor in order to compete. If they have Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson you know, in our, like, at 95% health, I think they're a team that can go to the conference finals and contend to go to the finals. All right, speaking of health, we've seen good health this year from Kawhi Leonard, and we've seen a big-time level from him that we hadn't seen in a bunch of years because he's been on the court a lot. Uh, You know, Paul George has been playing a ton, been playing well. James Harden's fit in there. Do you take the the Clippers serious, or is it a little too soon for us to go that far? Here's the thing I will say. When I talk to players around the league – Different coaches, there's like this 50-50 proposition on how they feel about them, right? Whenever I speak to anyone who's played for Tyron Lou, it is just a love fest. So understanding that 
and seeing Kawhi, Paul George, and the way James Harden's playing, even Russell Westbrook, people look at his stats like, oh, yeah, the dude's playing defense and is like incredible in the clutch for them. So I kind of go like, yes, but they're soft up front. Like, do I believe that team? I think that's going to be all about matchups for them. I don't like them against the Denver Nuggets in the series. I just don't like them against the Denver Nuggets. Like, if they got to face a center that uh, can dominate a game or dominate a series, I don't like them. But if they can avoid that, I think they are a contending team, especially the way they've played over 20 wins since, what, the start of December? Like, that's just incredible, the way that they've been uh, racking up wins. All right, that other team that shares the building with them, um, the, the Lakers, what, what are your thoughts on them? Obviously, they got off to the quick start, the midseason tournament champs and all that good stuff, but since then, things have been a little different. That, that goose is cooked, my friend. <laughs> um, you know, like when you're learning to make the turkey and a little button pops up? Oh, yeah. You know what this is like? I don't know if you've ever had this happen before, but I got little kids now, right? Uh-huh. And I started making those pizzas you put in the oven, and if you leave it too long, the cheese melts and falls down and oh, yeah. brown cheese on top. That's the Lakers. The Lakers, <laughs> I got the brown cheese on top and the cheese is all over the oven. You got to clean out the oven. It, it just, there's too many great teams, too many really good teams in the West and in the NBA like to even consider them. They, don't have an all, they, don't, they should not have an all-star starter. Like LeBron and AD are not all-star starters this year. That's how far uh, that has, that's down, that's done, it's over. All right, I can't wait to tell my friend Doc Walker. Hey, uh, Chris, as always, uh, great having you. Man, appreciate it. Chris Miles TV. Love seeing you on NBA TV, and uh, keep up the great work. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. And don't forget, King Giannis, hashtag tape as well. Always remember those two things. I will. <laughs> All right, Chris Miles with us here. Scott Jackson, Show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, thanks to uh, Chris Miles from NBA TV giving us the skinny on his thoughts on the deadline and obviously the real teams, the pretenders versus the contenders at this point. Or was it the other way around? Uh, Bryce Baker from ODU at 635. He wouldn't pretend last night was splashing some threes. We'll talk to him about the Madison game tomorrow in addition to last night's win over Marshall when he joins us in the next segment. Here's what I want to do right now. Uh, before I get to the Stefan Diggs story, and uh, <laughs> James is rubbing his hands together. He's so excited to talk about this thing. Uh, let's give away Billy Currington tickets and Kip Moore. With special guest Larry Fleet. Concerts at Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion on May 3rd. Tickets are on sale right now at pavilionconcerts.com. Let's just take the first call. Let's make it easy. Uh, Valley Who's phone line, 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. Uh, first caller in, you're they're yours. They're your tickets, but you got to be quick. So do that. James will be standing by. All right, before we get to Stefan Diggs, I do want to talk about this. Uh, if you're just joining us, the terribly tragic, sad news about a, the man who played Apollo Creed and so many other great characters, Carl Weathers, dying at the uh, age of 76. The announcement was made several hours ago. As we mentioned throughout the show, and a lot of you have been sending memories of Carl Weathers either on Twitter to me at Jackson Sports or via the text as well, I, one thing I noticed just you know perusing the web here over the last several hours is how many uh, of the sports websites have picked up the Carl Weather story. And yeah, he played in the NFL, former NFL linebacker. But let's be honest, he was a he was an actor, um, and that's how people knew he played football. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't like he you know was Jim Brown and got into the movies because of his football playing career. Weathers played a grand total of eight games over the Raiders with his Raiders career for two years, and then um, you know obviously went into acting. He was a player at San Diego State. He was part of an undefeated Aztecs team 
uh, one of their seasons in 68 and 69, also majored, obviously, in theater there, which where he got, he also uh, played in the Canadian Football League for two seasons. But clearly the movie Rocky, you know, makes this kind of a sports story because it's such a great sports franchise of movies. And, uh, you know, with, like I said earlier, posting about this, without, you know, without Apollo Creed, Rocky's not, you know, winning Academy Awards. It's not the amazing franchise it was. And it's sad, sad news to see um, about Carl Weathers today. Again, seems too young at 76, you know, and uh, good stuff from some of the actors that um, he worked with over the years, salutes on uh, social media, including um, Adam Sandler talking about, you know, Happy Gilmore and all the things that uh, Carl Weathers was about. But anyway, sad, sad story uh, today. So, um, and others pointing out 301 says RIP legend Action Jack. Yes. I mean, he was Action Jackson as well. So many good roles. He was in Predator as well. Um, and again, most recently, for the young kids out there who didn't see Rocky or care about Rocky, the Mandalorian series on uh, Disney Plus. I mean, the guy shows a lot of range, could do a lot of different things. You so, got to see, you got to see Rocky, though. Yeah, at you some point, at some point, it still holds up, man. Like it still holds up. I, every time I, I, you know, they're always on different times. If I'm sur- channel surfing, I'll watch it. You know, it's just it's one of those movies you have to watch. Uh, when it's on. So good. Uh, one of my childhood heroes is somebody from 3 Carl Weathers did a commercial with Kawasaki. Yes. That's right. That's a good one, too. And now he's in these goofy um, um, commercials with with with, uh, with uh, Gronkowski as well. You mean Gronkowski? No, commercial Gronkowski. I think he's what he's trying to say. Yeah. No, Gronkowski is what he's trying to spell, not Kawasaki. <laughs> I think that's voice text. Oh, man, the old like, voice text strikes again. So, Just did the commercial with Gronkowski. Okay. So Siri doesn't like uh, Gronkowski, but um, that's what I'm getting out of this. Yeah. You know, Siri's, Siri loves to uh, correct curse words, too, which I really bothers me. It's like, let me, you know, let me go ahead and get my curse words. Yeah, I, I'm never talking about the uh, the animal with the bill. Let's just put it yeah, that Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Uh, that was my guy G in the shop from the 301. Now I got G's phone number. All right. Uh-oh. I'm going to hit him up late Look night. out, G. I know, G. You're my first call. You know, if I need to get bailed out anytime soon now. Um, <laughs> Polly, R.I.P. Chubbs. Yeah, that's right. I mean, just so many uh, great Carl Weathers roles. All right, let's get to your guy, Stefan Diggs. All right, here we it's your go. Guy. His first comments in the Bills were ousted from the playoffs some two weeks ago, expressed a bit of uncertainty about his future in Buffalo while acknowledging his regrets about the team's season-ending loss. Diggs um, is at the Pro Bowl right now in the Pro Bowl games. Was asked whether he's optimistic about the future. He says he takes it day to day. Obviously, there's a lot of changes going on, a lot of things going on. I can't really put the carriage before the horse, you know, but what I'm saying, but I got a great offseason in front of me and I put in the work and kind of build around that we got and what we're doing. I can't tell you what the future holds. But I'm still being me. <laughs> and therein that, lies the problem. Yeah, that's what I think the Bills are afraid of. When asked whether or not he's ready to move forward with the Bills, he replied, I'm ready to go no matter which way it goes, not elaborating. Like, here's the thing. Like, Buffalo, number one, you'd have to trade him, right? Because of the contract. You can't just right. move on. Right. Number two, you got to have a number one. <laughs> number two, got to have a number one. If you're going to move on from Diggs, you have to have a true number one. I think they would benefit from having a really good number two on that team as well and they've they've got to uh figure that out first 
I mean, you know, you can always draft clearly and do those things, but that's a big leap of faith. I mean, hey, this is what the Vikings did, though, right? They True. drafted Jeff, Justin Jefferson said, we're getting Stephon Diggs the heck out of here Yep. because they didn't want him anywhere near the kid, and they knew that wasn't a workable situation. They found the Bills, who were desperate for a – Real, true, blue, you know, one-level receiver. And in stretches, he is. And then in stretches, he's not. And, you know, he and Josh Allen's relationship is always discussed. Like, I think they, you know, I think there's times where he gets way too stuck on finding Stefan Diggs, and it has been to his detriment. But I thought as the year went on, <clears throat> this Joe Brady offense, they really did a good job expand, you know, spreading the ball around. But then at the end of the year with Gabe Davis out, you know, for the playoffs – and even though he might not have the numbers, he cl- he ran some routes that would clear things out for right. him because he was a threat. Right. But they just it wasn't the same kind of thing. And you know that last game, you know, well, only Josh Allen knows because we can't get in his brain. But did he purposely pass on that underneath route because he just didn't trust Stephon Diggs at that point in the game, and then try to go for the touchdown, the hero ball throw that obviously was broken up and. Instead of just taking the sure thing and moving the chains, killing some more clock, getting a better field goal range of worst game to worst, or you know, more importantly, just keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. But he passed it up to try to make a uh, make a big play, and obviously didn't work. And they had to kick a field goal and wide right. I think it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, Brandon Bean said the other day, um, back this team, stop receiver. Again, it's a twenty-seven point three million dollar cap hit. Nobody's well, yeah. nobody's biting that apple um saying we have to put continue to put weapons around there to keep teams from bracketing him and locking him down in different ways to take him away Steph can still play I'm sure he would love to have the deep ball again <laughs> uh he's still see poking the, the fir- bear poking he's still the, bear. the first to tell you he's super competitive he's gonna work his tail off this offseason I know there's a various reasons and questions on his production on this or his production but I still see Steph as a number one receiver and again just refer to the cap number when you when you uh, read that quote because there's really no, he has no other option. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this, and again, this is all hypothetical. Sure, of course, but it is. he's not the only disgruntled wide receiver right oh, now. Oh yeah, there's disgruntled receivers and, everywhere. And this is and th- there's precedent for this because the Redskins did this mm-hmm. many moons ago. Would you trade Stefan Diggs for AJ Brown straight up right now? Wow. Yes, I would. I would. From the Bills' perspective, I would. From the Bills' perspective. From the, from the uh, Eagles' perspective, I would not. I don't think it's as good uh, for the Eagles. But do you think the Eagles feel like they need to get him out of Dodge at this point? I, don't, I hope not, but maybe. I'm not, you know, there's a lot of rumors about the Eagles right now. I mean, and again, it's, this is Philadelphia sports talk season right now. <laughs> yeah, and this is and this is and it's from like a culture perspective, right? And right. that's the buzzword mm-hmm. in the NFL now, right? It's culture. Yeah. And if he's messing it up and Stefan Diggs is messing it up right. in Buffalo, right. do you kind of trade the problems for each other and you're going into a new place, maybe things are rosier? I don't know, man. AJ Brown is just like physically you cannot replicate that, right? Like that's a problem. No, you can't. You can't. And I you know, Devontae Smith's fine. But he's not he's not AJ Brown. And, and their offense was not as good when AJ Brown started not being a part of the offense. And again, credit to teams perhaps taking him away. I don't know what happened. Philadelphia, you know, has to answer that this offseason. But yeah, you need to get a, you, you need to have like Dr. Phil in if that's what's going on there. And then there was I don't know, there's been some weird 
like suggest. I don't even know what to call them. Rumor. I'm just call them rumors at this point. I think rumors is good. Rumors, you know, about a lot of things there, including the quarterback, which I don't. I have a hard time fathoming because these are the kind of things again that why they love him, right? Why they loved him as a rookie over Carson Wentz. I, I'm not sure I'm buying all this stuff. It's being sold in Philly, and I think the bottom line is like the head coach. Needs to control that situation a hell of a lot better than he has. Very true. And, you know, he just got to pick his third round or second round, excuse me, of coordinators. And if he doesn't get it right with with what he just did, then he's going to be out of a job anyway, quickly enough. Now, can Kellen Moore deal with all those egos? Kellen Moore's dealt with some big egos. There's no doubt. Maybe not that well at all times, but Kellen Moore has dealt with some egos before. Yeah, but that, that is an interesting question. I think Philadelphia makes out much better in that deal. And I don't know what, like, is, I don't think A.J. Brown's cap figure is quite that big, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, he did get his, he did get that contract, though. He did have did a more not? recent contract. That's true. Let me see. I, I'll, I'm gonna, I mean, at least I, I'm trying to think of something that might no, be comparable. No, I don't, I don't think it's a crazy question at all. Yeah, A.J. Brown will earn, um, yeah, his, his cap breakdown is not nearly as bad as Diggs this year coming up. His cap number for 2024, you ready for it? Is just twelve point four two million. Wow! It's next year where he's in the twenty six million where where Diggs is now, right? He's in that range, and then forty one million in twenty twenty six. The problem for the Eagles is the dead cap number on AJ Brown is huge. It's forty two and a half million dollars. Yeah, I don't know if he can eat that. No, you definitely cannot eat that. But yes, but if you're trading it, as you say, for somebody else, um, that's a whole that's a whole different animal uh, in that situation. But I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking at, and of course, this wasn't for disgruntled reasons, but it's it's similar to me of like a Santana Moss, Laverius Coles type situation. Well, there were there was disgruntledness there with uh, LC. He was not happy. So the dead cap number on Diggs is 31 million. So he's got less of a dead cap number, but a bigger cap hit. Brown has the bigger dead cap number and the um, smaller cap hit. But in terms of trading, you know, you know, it would would come down to. For the Eagles, can you figure out a way to add that? You know, unless you rest- and you'd have to restructure. I mean, well, you, could do, years, you could do that. You yeah. could definitely restructure, and that's what you'd have to do to make it line up with AJ Brown's number. And I think that's exactly what the Eagle or the um, sorry, the Bills would probably do as well. But no, I don't hate it. I mean, I don't know if AJ Brown would be really excited to go play in Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, you it's, you you think he'd be going from contender to contender, though. Yeah, and he no, did, definitely and he did play contender. In, he played in Tennessee. He's played in crappy weather in Philadelphia as well. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Oh man. Um, by the way, uh, more uh, from G in the shop on the text line at seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. So James, you are not invited to the cookout for the Doug Williams slander I heard about. <laughs> well, Paulie screwed up on capping yesterday, yeah, so I got my plus about one your boy, back. Paulie messing up capping. My yeah. God, that's he shouldn't be invited to the cookout for there goodness' sake. That's really bad. All right, who's our winner of the Billy Currington uh, Kip Moore ticks? That would be Sean in Chesapeake. Sean in Chesapeake. Congrats. So we are done giving away tickets today. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, this week has been what fifteen pair of tickets. Well, look, next week's going to be more of the same. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to tease that for you right now. Oh, really? Different tickets. Oh, but nice. We got a lot. We I got a lot wait. next week. All right. Well, and then Monday, of course, we're live at Hackers on Hilltop in Virginia Beach. I'm into Hackers. Golf people, I think, have already been there, right? The oh, golf of people have been of there. Of course. And if you're into, you know, just golf simulation, all this stuff, you've been there. 
already, but in terms of it being a, 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 a quality restaurant, they've got that going for them. And B, of course, a really good place to watch games. They've got that going for them as well. So it's more than just, you know, playing simulated golf, but you can do all three. You can eat, drink, and be merry. Um, and play the game. So join us out there on Monday starting at 3 o'clock. Ricky Ronnie, Old Dominion football coach, will join us in the first hour on site. We'll talk Super Bowl with him, get his thoughts on all this stuff going on in college football. So if this Chip Kelly thing is, you know, maybe we'll get more information on it this weekend, is real, that he would be willing to leave a head coaching job at a, at a very good school. And it, well, Now, granted, maybe he hates the ACC. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like the, the idea of flying cross country. Seriously. I mean, they, they, there's a lot of long road trips on this ACC schedule outside of the USC game, right? There's a lot of them in the Stanford and, and game as well. And uh, Cal, maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe just the idea of that's like, well, hell, Chip's like, you know what? If I'm going to have to do that, I might as well go join an East Coast team in my base. You know what I mean? In the NFL. Know. I'm not sure. Maybe, again, he's kind of fallen into the uh, same line as some others have. I think this world of college football is ever changing, and it's not changing for the better for us. So let's go ahead and get ourselves uh, somewhere a little bit more stable and, you know, in this back in the NFL world. Uh, but maybe that's it. I would still think he's taking a large pay cut from college football head coach to an offensive coordinator. Yeah, I would think so. So that's the only thing that doesn't add up to me. But anyway, I want to talk to Ricky Ronnie about all this. Is it really that much harder? for college uh, coaches these days. All right, 757-687-9494. Bryce Baker, we're talking hoops on the other side, came through for the Monarchs in the uh, win over Marshall last night. They've got a very good James Madison team coming up tomorrow afternoon who they have, quite frankly, not been able to compete with these first two times around. Will the third time be a charm? We'll get that from Bryce Baker next. Stick with us here. Scott Jackson Show. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. James Witham's got your sports center. Scott Jackson Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. A pleasure right now to hit the Ballyhoo's guest line here. The man who hit the big bucket late last night to uh, put her on ice for Old Dominion. He is Bryce Baker. Good enough to join us right now on the show. And something about playing this Marshall Thundering Herd team, Bryce, it seems to bring out the best in you guys' offense and your shooting. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I don't know what's been going on recently against Marshall, but, you know, we uh, we all clicking. So I'm glad it's um, – it's happening now instead of not happening, you know. So um, we've been working real hard, um, been staying locked in. Everybody just wanted to do this for each other. So You guys did a nice job sharing the basketball last night, especially on the, on the shot you make, obviously. You know, Chauncey's able to find you out there. Uh, how, how important was it last night that you guys stayed connected throughout this game, even when Marshall made their runs? Yeah, it was uh, – that's really our main focus, like – we got to stay locked in no matter what's going on with us or the other team. And I, I feel like we did a great job yesterday um, staying locked in. All of us, coaching-wise, you know, staff-wise and player-wise, we, uh, we we stayed locked into that goal to finish the game strong. So, You certainly have had these quicker starts on the road. Like at home, it's it's kind of been tough sometimes to get you guys going over these last few home games. But on the road, for whatever reason – you guys get off to good starts. Uh, how, why do you think that is? Is it because maybe you know you're not going to, you know, it's kind of like you against the world kind of mentality? What, what's your theory on why the road starts have been better uh, for this team than home? You know, we're trying to figure that out ourselves as well. So we're trying to stay as consistent as possible. Uh, we want to we want to come out that way, you know, regardless of wherever we're playing. You know, if we're playing in a tournament, if we're playing at home or away, we uh, we want to come out like that. Uh, we, we don't – we're trying to figure that out. So – uh, no, I think we just got to stay locked in and keep doing what we've been doing to progress and take a step forward. 
We're talking to Bryce Baker, the sophomore shooting guard with us here. Scott Jackson, Chair Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. He joins us via the Ballyhoos guest line. Uh, it was good to see the ball go in, I'm sure, for you last night. And, you know, defensively, you guys you guys did a nice job, too, you know, turning them over as you, as you guys have done this all season long. But but how important is it for, for a jump shooter like yourself when, when you do see that first those first couple, you know, go in to, to kind of give you that early confidence? You know, yeah, it definitely gives myself a lot of confidence. It also gives confidence in my teammates in me that I can, I'm ready to shoot the ball and, you know, I'm here to help. So any way I can contribute defense, you know, especially offense, I'm, I'm ready to do that. Well, you know, certainly you guys did all that last night uh, as a group. You know, the, the big guy, uh, Leroy Odiahi, I know he hadn't played a ton of basketball before coming over here, but it seems like these last three games something has been unlocked in him. What are you, what are you seeing from the big guy? Yeah, you know, I'm 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 pretty proud of Leroy. You know, um, I think it's just the trust that his teammates, like all of us, have in him, and our coaches are starting to give him a little bit more leeway. Um, you know, just to kind of learn while he's out there, um, just get better and obtain information. You know, kind of I wouldn't know, how do I put this? I say like progress as fast as possible. You know, he's got put in a tough situation. He hasn't been playing that much all year, but uh, I think he's handling it pretty well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, as a group, you know, you're down. I mean, you, you guys don't have a ton of size. You knew that going into the year already. Uh, you know, certainly uh, you've had some changes in this roster. Your leading scorer is no longer on the team. Uh, all that stuff's happened. Your coach. <laughs> all these things have happened yeah. this season. Uh, how challenging has that been and, as a group? And how do you guys kind of, you know, use that maybe to, to draw yourselves together? Yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. You know, we've been through ups and downs all season is hasn't it started since the summer so um i think we've all done a, a pretty pretty decent job <clears throat> the beginning of the season staying together um it was a little rough at some times but we're definitely getting on the right track you know um just communicating more i think communication is a big part of what was missing um we're getting that better we're getting the trust between teammates and coaches more of a strong bond so they can relax a little bit and let us just play so we're doing a, a just an overall better job on all aspects of the team, so that's what we really needed. Is is this team, you know, during these tough patches? Do, do you feel like the confidence has wavered at all, or is this still a group that is confident as you, as you look to close out these last nine regular season games or so? On a strong note, yeah, you know, I, I think um, our energy has kind of wavered a little bit, um, depending on the certain certain uh, circumstances that we've been put in. But I think our confidence in one another has hasn't hasn't uh changed at all you know we all believe in each other we believe in our coaches to you know communicate with us and put us in the best position possible and um yeah, we're just going to keep trying to go forward in the same pace we're going right now as you uh look at the games that you've been successful in the games you haven't been it, it always seems to come back in a lot of cases to you know certainly you know defensive end of the floor the effort uh, and obviously the ball movement, right? Like moving the ball, keeping it hot. It seemed to be something you Definitely. guys did a really good job with last night. Is that continue to be kind of the emphasis and the and the thing that you guys need to make sure you have each and every night when you hit the floor? Definitely. You know, uh, we got a lot of talented players on our team, uh, all different types of roles, all different types of skills. Um, I think the best um, for ODU basketball would be to get everybody involved, as we've been doing recently. Uh, so that's definitely a major step forward and something we've been locked in on in practice and communication, like I said earlier, and just mo- making sure that <clears throat> when somebody's on the court that we're making sure that we find them if they open because everybody on our team can play, so we just got to trust in one another. 
Bryce Baker off a 12-point night and a big dagger shot for the Monarchs and an 83-76 win over Marshall. Joins us here, Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio 94.1. Now it's on to uh, James Madison. You guys got to Harrisonburg late last night, or I guess early this morning, really. Uh, and it'll be a third time against you know the team that is one of the top teams in your in your conference. We were talking about fast starts earlier. You know the two games clearly they got off to the fast start. You guys did not, but yeah, I played them in the second half. What has to happen tomorrow in Harrisonburg for you guys to make sure you get the start you need and to be able to keep that intensity for the full forty? Uh, I'd say make sure we come out with the energy. Make sure they they're trying to catch up to us. You know, match our energy instead of us trying to you know catch up to them being behind a little sluggish we want to we want to set the pace and we want them to try to catch us um we coming out strong tomorrow we've been locked in on them we played them twice already so we know how they play a little bit we uh we're we're just ready we ready to get that get back in because i know that this this one means a lot to us you know, uh, we were talking earlier about some of the, the, the heroes from, from last night and recent play as well for you guys. You know, I thought, you know, Emo, you know, was kind of in and out of the rotation a little bit earlier this year. He gave you some really quality minutes last night. What's it been like to, to be able to, you know, know that you can just plug Emo back in the lineup and he's going to, you know, give you his best at the point guard position? Yeah, definitely. He's a, he's a vet. I consider him a veteran on our team with the experience we have. Um, <clears throat> he does a great job of slowing the pace down, you know, playing that his speed not others um i think he he's pretty he's pretty uh he i say he's a great leader on defense you know he's uh, always making sure we're communicating he comes in you know he's executing plays right just just things uh a team needs to win so it's always great to have a somebody that can come in the game or even start the game for us that has that mindset and you know all our teammates and the coaches feel that we got a lot of trust in emo and we know he can handle it all right. Well, Madison, tomorrow afternoon, what, what do you think? This will be your second time in that arena. Well, is it a good shooter's arena? What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on that place? JMU? <laughs> uh, yeah. JMU's arena? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy that arena a lot. It's, it's real nice. It's, uh, it's re- newly renovated, so it's, it's always a, a cool thing to go play in, you know, a nice, a nice uh, arena. So we're excited. We got to go there last year. We didn't uh, get the result we wanted, but hopefully we can change that this year. All right, well, hopefully the basket looks really big tomorrow for you. And uh, best of luck to you, Bryce. Thanks for your time. And, uh, again, great great night there, Marshall. Hope you guys can keep those kind of efforts going the rest of the way. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. Mark, uh, Bryce Baker with us here. Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we'll start what we missed with, well, my correction. Uh, yeah, UCLA will be in the Big Ten or the Big next year, not there the ACC. Go. I'm thinking of Stanford and Cal and – Anyway, I failed the SAT test on the new conferences already. All right, Jaguars have asked FanDuel to reimburse them for some of the money or all of it, approximately $20 million that was stolen in proceeds by a former employee that was lost on the site, but the company is not going to pay, according to ESPN. They're unwilling to. Amit Patel, a mid-level finance manager, somehow was able to steal $22 bucks through a virtual credit card system the Jaguars use for expenses. Sources with knowledge of the case say that ESPN that Patel lost $20 million of the funds on Daily Fantasy and sports bets at FanDuel, which he assigned, had assigned him as a VIP host. He lost about $1 million on DraftKings as well. Patel transferred money directly from the team VCC to FanDuel, according to sources. And yeah, sorry, Jags. Maybe you should have had a better plan so people couldn't embezzle from you. Can't blame them for trying, but hey, could you pay us because we were idiots? Yeah, look, we screwed up. We let an employee get away with murder. What do you What do you think? <laughs> 
All right. Uh, <sighs> our poll question today was about the commander's offensive coordinator. There's this rumor about Chip Kelly, which made some of our fans uh, get a little crazy, much like the knowledge that Dan Quinn's going to be their coach. But uh, right now, here's what you folks think. Uh, hire a Kyle Shanahan tree guy, 55.5%. Hey, keep the enemy at 208 and 185 like Chip Kelly. A lot of you at 5.2 wrote in things that are um, – Pretty funny, uh, including um, somebody who wanted Jason Witten as the coach in waiting. Uh, Breeze in the 757 said, uh, we got to get out of here and pour one for uh, Carl Weathers tonight, a.k.a. Apollo Creek, a.k.a. Chubbs. Yes. No doubt. No No question. Of course, he used a seal reference to get to that line, but hey, I appreciate it anyway, Breeze. Uh, The obsession with seals, quite impressive. To, To stick with the seal theme all week. For Breeze was quite impressive. All right, we got people to thank. We had a lot of people come through today. Tim Murray, uh, Rick Doc Walker, Chris Miles from NBA TV, and Bryce Baker from Old Dominion. Uh, tomorrow, Monarchs and the Dukes from JMU um, at 4 o'clock, 3.30 with the uh, Twitter pregame show. After that, we got a little game they call Carolina and Duke uh, from Smith Center in Chapel Hill. Enjoy the week, and everybody be safe. We'll be back with you on Monday live from Hackers on Hilltop in Virginia Beach. Hope to see you out there. Come on out and see us. We've got plenty of giveaways. Ricky Ronnie will join us in the 3 o'clock hour out there to talk some ball with us. Thanks to James Witham, and thanks to all you and our friends from Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED from the good folks at Larry King Law. Good night, everybody. See you Monday at 3.